0: Hey, this is Pastor Bob Steven, lead pastor at Pursuit Church SA, and this is our podcast. Listen, would you take a minute to share and subscribe to this podcast? Also, we would love to connect with you, so please visit us at PursuitChurchSA.com or on any of our social media pages. Now, here's this week's message. We hope it blesses your life. We're going to continue in a series today that we started last week on the power of prayer. The power of prayer, man. So exciting. It just, it seems just right and fitting as as we're leading up to Easter. In fact, this series will take us all the way up till Easter Sunday. Jesus was all about prayer, wasn't he? Wasn't Jesus all about prayer? He taught us how to pray. He showed and modeled the example of prayer in his own life by constantly praying to his father And if you ever want to just, if you ever just want to cry for a minute, go read John chapter 17. And look at how Jesus prayed for you and me. Man, I'm telling you, it's one of my favorite chapters in scripture. It's beautiful. But let me start with a different question about prayer today. Have you ever wondered if God really hears your prayers? Anybody here ever wonder that? I think it's a legitimate question if we're honest, right? I mean you pray for something so long and you don't necessarily necessarily see it happening, right? Say you're praying, you're praying, you're praying, but you don't see the tangible thing. You know, I've I've experienced that a few times in my life. If I'm if I'm being upfront and honest, and I believe we better be upfront and honest from this pulpit here. Come on. I, I think we all can experience that, or have experienced that. But first of all, let me give you a little peace about that question. Do you know that people have been asking that same question for literally thousands of years? If you go to the book of Psalms, that question is everywhere in the book of Psalms. By different people asking that same question, God, where are you? Are you even listening? Do you hear what I'm saying? Read the book of Psalms, you'll see that question everywhere. So first of all, have some peace. It's okay for you to ask that question. Number one, God can handle your questions. And number two, he's been doing it for a long, long time. Okay? There's nothing you're gonna question him about or ask him that I guarantee you probably hadn't already heard before. And more importantly, he already knows you're thinking it anyway, so why don't you just ask him, right? Why don't you just put it, God knows your thoughts. He knows. And you know what i found, and I think you might experience this too, God just might show you when you ask those questions someplace in his word where he answers it. When you start asking those questions, Book of James said, those that want wisdom, ask God and he will give it very freely to you. So asking questions is a good thing, okay? It's actually a really good thing. Now, last week, Pastor Karen kicked off our series on prayer by sharing with us and showing us that prayer is us communicating with God, right? There's no magic formula, no magic words. It's just us talking to God and then learning to listen for God's response. That's what prayer is, us talking to God and learning to listen for his response. Remember, prayer is a dialogue, not a monologue, right? It's not just us blah, blah, blah. No, it's, there, there's a listening, two-way communication, right? It's a dialogue. She also showed us that faith, she talked about faith as being the catalyst for prayer. Faith is what really kind of causes us, or should cause us to want to pray to begin with, right? So before we go any further in this series, I want to talk about faith just for a minute, because it's very, very important, because faith is not just a catalyst for prayer. Faith is foundational for prayer. Hear me, faith is foundational for prayer. It's not just the catalyst, it's, it's actually part of the foundation. Romans chapter 10:17 says this about faith. It says, faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ that's how we develop faith so in other words we hear about jesus we we read about jesus we find out who he is why he came here what he did and then we have a cho- excuse me then we have a choice to make do we believe first of all do we believe right Well, we got to know what we're believing in first right that's where we got to to get faith first we got to we got to hear about jesus got to know who he is but, you know god's never one to push himself on us either. He gave us something called free choice and free will, right? So you and I have to choose to believe to start. And then after we choose to believe, believe is the beginning, then comes faith. But understand, you can't have faith of yourself. In other words, on your own, you can't just get faith. Well, how do we get faith then? Faith is not something that we're born with. Faith is something that comes from God through the power of the Holy Spirit. And it begins with a belief, first of all, that God exists, right? That Jesus is who he said he was. But let me give you the definition of faith that's found in the book of Hebrews. Chapter 11. By the way, if you want to know about faith, go read the entire chapter 11 of Hebrews. It's called the faith chapter. And this is what it says right, in, right off the get-go about faith. Faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not, what? What we don't see, what we don't see. You see, faith and belief are actually two very different things, okay? And it's important that we clarify that before we go any further in the series, okay? You see, faith, let let me start the other way. Belief is based on proof and results, right? You see something, right? You see something. Okay, I can see, I can see that chair. I believe because I see a chair. I think it's a chair. I think the chair is there. That's great. Faith involves God and is all about one word, trust. You see the difference there. See, if I sit in that chair, I have to trust that whoever built it put the screws in just right. I have to trust that that chair is going to hold my weight and not drop me on the floor. You see, that's different than, than I believe the chair is there. I can see it. That's great. But until I sit in it, I don't trust it. Let me give you an example that I'm going to give you two examples that, that Jesus is. They're not on the screen. Just, just listen to this, how Jesus taught this concept. Jesus was going around trying to get people to believe in him, Right? To put their faith, he was asking them to put their faith in in him. But what he said at one point is, look, even if you just start with what you can see, which are the miracles, that's a good place to start. That's what Jesus said. Even if that's where you start, start by what you see. Okay, but then I'm going to want you to start having faith in me because there's going to be some things when I leave that you won't be able to see. Okay, and probably the most famous example of that was after jesus had risen from the dead and all the other disciples and his apostles had actually seen the risen savior right they they'd actually they had seen him they knew for a fact in fact their seeing him caused them to believe that he really was who he said he was right but we've been talking about it now they actually believed because they saw it but you remember there was one that didn't see jesus right his name was thomas And so finally Thomas gets to see Jesus. And what does Jesus say to Thomas? He says, Thomas, you're seeing me right now, so it's cool that you're going to believe. But you know what Jesus said? He said, blessed are those who believe but don't see. Do you see the difference between faith and belief? Belief is good. Belief is the beginning. Faith is what sustains us. Belief is the beginning. Faith is what sustains us in our relationship with God. So can you see why faith is important in our prayer life? In fact, God said without faith, and it's in the book of Hebrews, it's actually impossible to please him. Why is that? Because if we equate faith with trust which is God's definition of faith really for us. If we don't trust God, how on earth can we have the kind of relationship with God that he's calling us to have? We can't. That's why God says, without faith, without faith, it's impossible. Jesus went to his hometown and couldn't heal people because why? Well, no, he, he couldn't heal more people. Chose not to, let's be clear. He could have. He chose not to heal more people because there was a lack of what? Faith. You see, there's a difference between belief and faith, and that's why faith is so important. In fact, even the word says even the demons recognize and believe in Jesus. They know he exists, but here's the difference. They don't trust him. The demons don't trust Jesus. They, they believe. They, they know. They know he's real, but they don't trust him. They don't have faith in him. So before we moved any further in the series, I thought it was really important that we get that definition right, that we, that we understand why faith is so important in our prayer life. All right, so for the next four weeks, we're going to be talking about a prayer that we find in the Bible. It's found in the Old Testament in a book called Chronicles. Actually, it's going to be from 1 Chronicles. And we're going to be looking at a man who prayed a faith-filled prayer. It's one of the shortest prayers in the Bible, by the way. There's over 200 times in the Bible that prayer is recorded, right? David prayed, Solomon prayed, Paul prayed, Jesus prayed. If you look in the Bible over 200 times, you'll find someone's actual prayer. The prayer we're going to study for these next four weeks is among the shortest prayers in the Bible, it only has one verse in scripture the prayer is found in one verse so let me tell you a little bit about this man first his name is Jabez and so if we look at his story and we go to first chronicles chapter 4 i want to look at first he only have by the way Jabez only has these two verses verses 9 and 10 and he's never mentioned again in Scripture. We don't know anything else about Jabez. We don't know what he happened. We, we don't know anything about him except for these two verses in Scripture. I want to look at verse 9 first because it helps us understand a little bit about Jabez and how it might inform how he prayed and what he prayed for. And that's what we're going to talk about. So let's first of all look at verse 9. It says this. Jabez was more honorable than his brothers and his mother called his name Jabez saying because I bore him in pain. So we find out two very important things about Jabez in this first verse. Number 1, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. So apparently he had relatives, brothers, it's mentioned and he was more honorable. The second thing is there was something attached to his name that wasn't real good. wasn't real good. His name meant to cause pain, be a part of pain. There's there's a couple different iterations if if you do the, the, the research. But at the end of the day, it comes down to the fact that his name was associated with pain. Right? Now, with those two things in mind, who he was, he was acting more honorably, had a name associated with pain. Then let's let's look at the actual prayer that he prays, and it's found in verse 10. It says this, Jabez called upon the God of Israel, saying, "Oh that you would bless me and enlarge my border and that your hand might be with me and that you would keep me from harm so that it might not bring me pain." And what does it say? And God granted what he asked. So something about what Jabez prayed, God honored that prayer. He answered it. We're going to look at this scripture over the next three, this week and the next three weeks. We're going to look at the four parts, the four elements of Jabez's prayer. Today, we're going to talk about what does it mean to ask God to bless you, what, did, what, what does that really mean? What does that look like? Next week, we're going to talk about how do we pray for God to increase our life, to bring increase, to expand our borders, as, as Jabez put it. Then the next week, we're going to talk about what's it like to have God's presence with us? How, how do we pray for that? What does that look like? And finally, in the last week of the series, we're going to talk about what it is to ask God for his protection— from harm or from pain, the thing that Jabez, the things that Jabez prayed for, I believe, are things we can identify with. I think we all want god's blessing on our life. We all would like to have more of what God wants to do in our life. We all would like God to be with us in what he 's calling us to do and live this life and of course. Hey, if we can avoid pain and have God's protection, is anyone interested in that? That's, that's where we're headed in this series. It, Jabez's prayer is short, one verse, but so powerful. And we're really going to dig into that here for these next four weeks. So let me start with this. When you hear the word blessing or God's blessing, what does that mean to you? What do you, what, what do you think of now, for some people, they equate blessings with material possessions, right? God, bless me with a big house, a great car, uh, whatever. Others think of blessings maybe as having good health or just, just having a fun life. It's having great, a great time. They, they would think about that when you hear the word bless me or God bless me. But what was Jabez asking God for when he said, bless me? What do you mean? When you ask God to bless you. What does, it, what does that mean for you? Now, in order to understand that a little more clearly, I think we need to get a better definition of what the word bless actually means. Okay? We'll start with that. So, the Hebrew definition for the word bless is a, is a word called Baruch. Baruch. And in the context that it was written here in First Chronicles, the word Baruch means something favorable... From someone greater. Let me say that again. To bless is to receive something favorable from someone greater. Okay? You see, Jabez knew who to go for his blessing. Who did he pray to? He prayed to the God of Israel. He didn't pray, hey, man upstairs. Hey, dude. No. He knew exactly who to go to for his blessing. And we have that same God. We sing a song up here called Same God, don't we? Same God Jabez prayed to is the same God you and I pray to. Remember, verse 9 says that Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. Well, let, let me give you a little information about what was going on here in 1 Chronicles. What was around this prayer? Remember, context we said is always so important. Well, during this time in the Old Testament, the Israelites, which were Jabez's people, were continually rebelling against God. They were in this rebellion cycle, right? They'd they'd believe, have faith for a while, then rebel. They'd believe, have faith for a while, then that's the cycle they were in. See, they would believe in God one moment and then run off to some idol the next, right? They didn't truly honor God as a people. So it's safe to say that probably Jabez's brothers weren't regularly praying to him like we see Jabez doing right good bet that that's why the writer says Jabez was more honorable than his brothers okay you see Jabez prayed boldly to the one true god who he knew could and would bless him he trusted him you see the word bless is significant because it's of its meaning in the context of this story while everyone else was running around trying to find the answer in an idol or a whatever, Jabez understood that there was only one true God who could bless him with what he needed. Only one true God. He understood also that God was bigger than any circumstance he was facing. Come on, yes, you, you, you can clap for that. Jabez understood that his God, the God of Israel, was bigger than any problem he was facing. He knew that God could bring him the blessing that he needed. Jabez also understood this, though, that blessings weren't just material things. right? He he didn't say anywhere in his prayer, hey, give me a house, give me a, no. He just said, bless me, because he understood that blessing is bigger than material things. He understood the intangible things that God blesses us with, that Hey, we can't always see, right? Like peace, joy, love, hope, compassion for others. Sometimes we sit here and we ask God to bless us thinking that we need more money to pay our bills or maybe we need more strength and energy for our crazy busy lives. But what we really need or might need is God to bless us with his peace and contentment with, or contentment with what we already have. You know, that's a blessing. That's a blessing. We're sitting here many times asking God to bless our wallet when what we really need is his wisdom. Come on. We, you, that's good. And that ain't me. That's That's God, okay? That's God. Because we're running around asking, bless my wallet. No, 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 no. God... Solomon said, above all else, get wisdom. Proverbs talk about, he didn't say, above all else, get money, above all else, get a big house, above all else, get a car, above all else, get what? Wisdom. In fact, that's the one thing, while I'm thinking about it, that Solomon actually asked for. He didn't ask for, he didn't ask for gold, he didn't ask for, he asked for one thing and one thing only wisdom. And God said, You've asked for the right thing. Come on, sometimes when we say, God bless me, is wisdom the first thing we're asking for? I suggest it might need to become the first thing we ought to ask for. We need God's wisdom, we need his discernment to know what we need to do and what we need to let go of, right? Sometimes... Instead of sending money, God might give us creativity and bless us with a mind that says, hey, this is how I can make my money go further. This is how I can cut back and steward what God's already given me well. Right? Talk about money for a minute because money, come on, it's, when we talk about blessings, that, that's, if I were to ask number one on most people's list, okay? Remember, the Bible says a lot about money. Jesus says a lot about money. God says a lot about money. Steward it well. That's, that's the most important blessing we need right? Verse 10 says that God answered Jabez's prayer. And it wasn't because specifically the way Jabez prayed, but I believe God honored and answered his prayer because he looked at Jabez's heart. Jabez's heart, when he was praying, was in the right place. You see, Jabez didn't lose his faith. He, it might have, okay, if we're honest now, Look at all the things going around him. His brothers are off doing whatever. His people are off doing whatever. You, you, you could see a scenario where Jabez, maybe his, his faith wavered for a minute. But when it all came down to it, what did he do? He knew where his help came from. He knew who to go to for blessing. God honored that. So Jabez didn't lose his faith. It may, it may, have, may have wavered a little bit. You know, God knows your heart too. He knows that sometimes you're, you're gonna lose heart a little bit from time to time. He knows that. He made you. He made me. He knows. But you see, here's the thing. There's a difference between having doubts and doubting God. Two, two very different things. Psalm is, in other parts of God's word, are all full of people that have doubts. That's Okay. But doubting God is something very different. See, having doubts means you're not exactly sure how things are going to work out. You're not exactly sure. You don't see everything, right? Doubting God means that you don't believe who He says He is. You see, that's very, very different. Don't ever doubt God. You can have doubts, it's healthy. Don't ever doubt God. It's okay to have doubts. Just don't lose your faith. Don't lose your faith. Because all it takes to be blessed by God is faith. That's what Jabez had. That's what you and I have as believers in Jesus. We have faith. We have a hope and a surety of something that is true even when we can't see it. That's what Jabez had. That's what you and I have. Now, given the history of Jabez, we know that his name was associated with pain, right? Remember, words create worlds. Your words create, God created this world with words. Genesis says God spoke and these things happened. Okay? Your words and the words about you. Come on, anybody have some words spoken over them that? Aren't the greatest? Jabez had words of pain spoken over him, right? If I had to guess, that's more than likely the number one reason why Jabez asked God to bless him—to reverse the curse of those words. come. I believe that's in. in Is uh, studied this out, and Pastor Karen and I talked about the sermon. Really believe that that's probably the number one thing he was seeking. God's blessing was to reverse that curse of those words that were associated with his name. You know, there was another man in the Bible who was a distant relative of Jabez named Jacob, who had very much the same problem. Jacob's name was associated with being a cheater. That was Jacob's name. It's a name he came into this world with, cheater. And he had a similar experience with God, except Jacob's, and it's recorded in Genesis 32, is in the middle of a desert, and he begged God for his blessing. In fact, it says he wouldn't let God go until he blessed him. And what did God do for Jacob? He changed his name. He actually gave him a new name. He actually gave him a new name because he was trying to escape the pain of his name. Wow. His name was changed to Israel, which means wrestles with God and prevails. Man, prevails doesn't mean you win. Prevails with God means you you come out different than than when you went in for that blessing. I have to believe Jabez came out different because it says God answered his prayer. It says God answered his prayer. So when he asked God to bless him, I believe God blessed him. And part of that blessing was giving him a new hope, a new identity, a new name, just like he gave Jacob all those hundreds of years before. Jabez's prayer didn't have some kind of magic words, but his prayer was powerful. Jabez's prayer was honest. It was bold. It was faith-filled. Another word I wanted to use. I, I believe his prayer was desperate. When's the last time you went to God in desperation? When's the last time you went to God in boldness? God honors your bold prayers. God honors your desperate prayers. God honors your faith-filled prayers. Because you see, in some sense, we're all like Jabez. We're trying to overcome the name of pain, of sin, and only God has the power to rescue you from that. We have a name problem that has been solved by the name above all names. You and I have a name problem, but God's provided the answer to it. He's the rescuer. He is the only one that can bless you and me with what we need. He has the power to set us free. He has the power to give us and and make us, the word says, a new creation in Jesus Christ. In fact, in the book of Ephesians, chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, it says that we have been given every, catch this now, Every spiritual blessing that we will ever need is found in Christ. My friends, the spiritual blessings of God's grace, his goodness of love and hope and joy, those are all spiritual blessings. There's nothing, nothing, nothing that you can ever ask God for that is more important than those. In fact, if do this. If you want, if you want something to pray for, When you say, God, bless me, why don't you pray for those fruits of the Spirit? Because if you pray for those uh, fruits of the Spirit, those spiritual blessings, everything else will be taken care of. Trust me, if God blesses you with that, and, and he's already, through Christ, blessed you with eternal life. He's blessed you as a new creation in Christ. He's blessed you with everything that you already need. So let me challenge you with this. When you pray, God bless me. Think about what that means. Contemplate. What are the spiritual blessings that you need first? The word says God knows that you have physical needs. He knows. The word says what what good father, when his son comes and asks for food, would give him a stone? God knows what you need. But what he's calling you and I to do when we say God bless me is seek his spiritual blessings first and foremost. Is it a blessing to have a a house to live in? Absolutely. Is it a blessing that God gives us to be able to earn wealth and money and make a living? Absolutely. Those are blessings, so let's, let's not discount that. But they're not the most important blessings. The most important blessings you will ever get from God are spiritual blessings. Let me challenge you with this. Don't ever doubt God. Keep praying even when you can't see. That's what's called faith. And God will honor your faith. He'll honor my faith. His blessings can break Cure or can bring cures, can tear down strongholds, and can set our feet where He wants them to be. Will you pray with me now? Our Father in heaven, we come to you now. And oh my God, we are so thankful for every blessing that you have given us. God, we know that we don't deserve the blessings that you've given us, but we are so grateful for them. And we're so grateful that in Christ, we have every spiritual blessing available to us so that we can be the new creations that you've called us to be. Father, we ask you now to bless us. Bring your peace and bring your provision today. Let it rain down in this place right now. Now, Father, bring healing to our hurting hearts. Give sight in areas that we are blind, those things we can't see past. Maybe it's a problem we're facing. Whatever it is, Father, help us to to believe, to have faith, even though we can't see everything. God, give us eyes to see you and give us hope that is only found in you. Lord God, bless us with your wisdom, with your peace, with your discernment, so that we can live the life that honors you and draws others to love you like we do. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray now.